that commitment to like at 9am or whatever, I'm going to go to church gave me a, a little bit of separation Saturday night to not stay up till five in the morning. Right. Cause I made that commitment mm-hmm. to myself or I, I had a reason to say like, no to my friends to go out and drink and like, but I would backslide all the time. I would, I would go out and get really drunk and then I would either miss church or, or, you know, show up super hungover and then have a really tough day. But it was like slowly over time that those habits started to form. And it was like, that's like, that's why I'm, I'm a huge proponent of like journaling and, and just being really intentional with planning. Like I started um, committing to every week, I'm going to do something out of my comfort zone. Cause it was that same thing, like just throw new variables and like figure out what's going to replace this. And it was like making commitments to going and doing new things gave me that structure to say no to the things that would otherwise pull me in if I didn't have, you know, intention behind it all. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. This is your first time here. Welcome to the family. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. You guys, we have episodes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So if you want to stay on top of those, highly suggest you hit that subscribe button on Apple. And if you can, leave us a review as well. It really, really helps. Also, you can listen to it on all the other platforms. But with Apple, it's one of those things that we can really, we get a lot out of the subscribers, it really shoots us up in the rankings. And the more subscribers we get, the better, which means the more reviews we get, the better, all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, that means nothing without you guys and making the impact on people's lives is what matters. And doing all those things allows us to grow and do that. So super, super important. So enough about that. I'm really excited about today's guest. He's a younger guy doing amazing things. He's really stepping into his power. And these days, I know for myself, I didn't really get into any personal development or any personal growth until I was into my 30s, early 30s, 29, 30, 31. And this guy's in his 20s. And I'm noticing that a lot of these younger, a lot of the younger generation is starting to open up to these things. And I know it's hard because we are all very stubborn at that age. A lot of us think we know everything. So like our peers around us, it's a lot more challenging to kind of break through that and, and take that on. But this guy is doing it really well. And you can see it in his lifestyle. You can see the way he shows up. He's just a, he's just a breath of fresh air. And it's really cool to see him empowering, you know, the, these young millennials. You know, man, that makes me sound outdated. It makes me sound old. I'm turning 37. I'm talking about him like he's young and I feel like I'm still in my 20s. So it's really weird. But <laughs> it's um, it's funny because sometimes we, we're getting older, but I still feel the same age, you know? Um, anyways, so a little bit about Delaney. He's a lifestyle optimization coach. He's dedicated to helping millennials create lives of well-being, purpose, and joy by leveraging the power of habit and routine. Delaney himself went through an extremely dark time following college as he was doing everything just as he was supposed to. He landed a great job in technology and was living in the coolest part of Chicago and parting it up on the weekends. Man, I heard that city's awesome. However, his chronic anxiety and excessive use of drugs and alcohol brought him to his breaking point. This began a two-year transformation 
where he has broken free from his toxic lifestyle, delved deep in the waters of personal development, mindfulness, and routines, and currently travels around the country in his sprinter van, helping his clients create amazing lives by honing in on activities they repeat every day. I don't know if he's in his van right now, when we had this interview and he sent me in his a little bit about himself to describe to you guys, I believe he was in his van, but I don't think he is anymore. So after this interview, I highly recommend go checking him out because he's hired a coach himself and he's, he's doing awesome. And I've seen this progression in this guy since, since I first met him and we met in Tulum at the Aubrey Marcus fit for service mastermind. And I think he had just gone back from India. He got us all those little necklaces. I forget what they're called. Um, malas or something um, it was really cool he brought all of us them back so we had a good chat in tulum and it's just great to see a guy his age just stepping into that role because man when i was that age i had no idea and if i had somebody like that i you know i may listen so good for him anyways we had a good conversation this this was recorded a little bit a little while ago we're you know pretty backed up with fit for service members as i want to fit i want to be able to feature one a week a little bit back uh, it's a few weeks old but other than that this is a great powerful episode and i know you guys will love it so delaney mcguire coming right up and we're on delaney welcome to the show brother super grateful to have you here man man thank you for having me man i'm super excited to do this with you yeah dude you're um how old are you right now I'm 24 okay so it's really cool to see because in your 20s it's really hard to kind of have the foresight to see how valuable and how important it is to make these changes in your life, personal development, journaling, yoga, all the stuff that you're doing, meditation. And it's really great to see at 24 that you have this stuff, that you're working on this stuff, man. Because I, at that age, I, I always can only, I can only go back and speak for myself. And at 24, that was not on the radar. <laughs> and I like to think like, wow, if I did have that, if that was in the process at 24, what could I have done for now? So it's, it's great, man. And just to kind of see your story, and I, I really want to get into like your backstory, is that you kind of, you made this transition and you're on your way and it's really great to see. So well done on your journey so far, brother. So where I want to start here is let's take us right back to the beginning you know, what was the path that you were on? Maybe walk us through young Delaney's journey. And during that time, what is there? Is there a one thing that stands out, a challenge or struggle that you faced that you can now see of having a big impact on your mm, life? Yeah, man, 100%. That's a, that's a great question. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> you know, like you mentioned, it is like very abnormal, right? For someone who's 24 to be like so into personal development. And when I think about like where this all came from, um, it was really like the big thing for my childhood was I actually grew up in an alcoholic household. So um, my parents were divorced and I split time equally between my two households until I was 18. And my dad, you know, he's very supportive and loving in a lot of ways, but he had a very, and still does to say, has a very intense alcohol problem. And I think that really, you know, defined my childhood in a lot of ways, because like, you know, growing up in a household that was so unstable and I didn't know it at the time, but I developed like really intense chronic anxiety from that because it was like, you know, it was the sort of relationship where he, he, he really did want the best for me. And like his way of like doing that was like, he wanted to be, ensure I like had a strong work ethic and knew how to like get things done. So it was very like a lot of chores, a lot of stuff to do. And it was very high standards. 
and you know maybe 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 or maybe not the best approach but like compounded by the idea that you know every day at three o'clock i'd come home from school he'd come home at four um and he'd pour like you know he drinks like southern comfort on the rock so like he would be pretty pretty like drunk by like five o'clock and it's like you know, when he'd first get home, things were great in my life. Like, things were great. Oh, how's school? Yeah, whatever, whatever. And then he would, like, nitpick at these, like, you know, and this was for, like, years and years, like, you know, seven, eight years of, like, and then by the time he was drunk, it would just, like, rage would come out. And there would be these, like, five, six-hour fights about either a, I got, like, a B in school or, like, whatever. And I think my whole childhood, like, I, I definitely struggled. Like, that really fucked up myself. Sorry if I'm not supposed no, to swear. No, go ahead, man. Swear. Please do. Uh, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, it really fucked up my self-worth, man. Like, seriously, like, I, I just developed a lot of, um, like, I think I was just chronically tense because, like, I was, this was my, like, childhood ha- household situation. So, like, in school um, and, and for other reasons, you know, like, just generally, like, I was a chubby kid. I was in Boy Scouts. So, like, social cliques was, t- was like, tough for me. And I generated like a uh, anxiety disorder that was, you know, carried with me for a long time. And I think compounding with that too, as I like grew into high school and stuff, it's like that cycle, right? It's like you, the, I, I was so anxious, so tense all the time. And I didn't want to deal with those feelings. So naturally I, you know, it's, it's that cycle of, I found friends who like to drink and get fucked up. And from the time I, you know, people could start driving like 15, 16 years old, you know, I found a cr- crew of friends who we like would drink all the time. And like, that was my outlet to like, you know, I, I couldn't even really talk to people sober. Like in school, I was, I was literally scared of connection um, that I would use like the ability to go out and drink on the weekends as my way of like trying to connect and try to be cool in high school. And, um, you know, that led to college. I went to, I, I went to the University of Illinois. So it was a good, I, I was good in school. So I like, went to a good university, um, joined a fraternity there. And like, I was, I was doing really well in school, but in the same way, like fraternity was my like social circle. And I still had never like put myself in a situation to develop any confidence. Um, and, and really what ended up happening is like I had the circle of people and, and the way I connected was with drinking. And then that, you know, grew to me that led through college and then, you know, got a job in, in technology in Chicago. Great job. Was doing all the cool stuff, you know, living in the coolest area, going out to clubs and bars and stuff. But like, I, again, still never like looked these things in the face. And, and it just got to a point where I got you know, it, it went from being a harmless thing to like, you know, put me in a really dark place of like, one, I still had like extreme self-worth and anxiety issues. And like, I was like, that was compounding because I was using my job as a way to find fulfillment. You know, I was, I was being a workaholic. I was striving, you know, it was kind of in some ways good because I was like making a name at my job. Right. And like getting promoted, but it wasn't rooted in a good place. It was rooted in like, acknowledge me. So I feel worthy. And and I just started to feel over time that like I felt so disconnected and shallow, like all my, like there was no depth. I didn't feel like really aligned. I felt like I was wearing a mask and yeah. And I, there's just, it was the partying just got more and more intense and I just got deeper and deeper. And just like one day I woke up and realized like, if I don't change, I'm going to become my dad. Cause I, I realized how dependent I was and, and how I was so anxious. And like, I, I knew I couldn't like, become the person I wanted to become if I didn't start making some changes. Man. Yeah. I can completely relate. One part that really resonated with me was not being able to socialize without booze and you kind of create this identity around that person and you get the validation from people around you because you're getting good feedback. You're drinking and you're like, Oh shit. Okay. I don't really get this sober. And it feels good. 
right? You get validated and you create this image and then it just becomes easier. And it's, it's not, it's not our fault because you, if when things start to feel good and you get validated, then you want to do it more. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's how it happens, you know? And, and then that's how it's so crazy because we go down that loop for so long and it's, it ends up, we forget the main reason why we started in the first place, but because of the validation, because it's so normal, because you're in a fraternity before, for me, it was an athlete or I was in a bar running a bar. It's just, you're getting all these validations. So it's really, and then once you stop that, when you, when you transition out of it, you kind of have to relearn how to be a human, mm. right? You have to learn because it's hard to communicate with people when you don't know how to communicate sober. And yeah. People are struggling with this on a day-to-day basis. They don't even realize it, right? And because they need something to be able to be whole. And it's like this thing of constantly filling these voids. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, it's really what like, so where, where, where I find it interesting is like when you decided, so are you sober now or do you just casually drink now and then? Um, I, so I actually... I think the pendulum swung super hard and I actually, I, it's really interesting. I feel like I had a very still toxic relationship with alcohol because I like resented it so hard. Right. And I actually would like judge friends. And if I was in a, I couldn't like have fun in a circle where there were people drinking. Yeah. So I think I'm now back at a healthy place where I can have a beer. I can have like, especially when I like take my van out and go camping, like, yeah, bring some drinks and hang around the fire. Like I have a healthy relationship. That's important. Family. That's important because doing the other way and judging people for it, it's not a good idea. And you got to love people where they're at and accept them because they're just doing their best with what they got and what, the, where, where they are, their environment, their friends, their, that's just where they're at. And I found that important too. But I've always said when it comes to drinking, it's like you, it, whatever, do what's best for you. But like for me, it just doesn't work this way. It doesn't, you know, and I've, and this is the thing too. It's like, you can't beat yourself up because you may very well fall back into that dark place. You know, it's really, I've seen it in my own life. I was sober a year, then went back into it. Then nine months, then went back into it. And when I met you in Tulum, I was like back into it. Like where I was like, shit, I'm gone back in time right now. But that's, that's when it comes to things like addictions and patterns, we really want to beat ourselves up. Like it has to be so black and white. Like I'm out of this now. And if I ever go back, I'm a failure. And Mm -hmm. it can't be like that because it's so ingrained in us. We got to be kind with ourselves that the journey is a long journey and we may very well have a setback. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude. hundred percent. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. For myself, like appreciate you sharing that. And I think like what I found in myself and I I just like, and I, I still felt so much shame around this, especially as I was stepping into a life coach, like, feeling like I had to be this perfect human being, but it's like, I was carrying around this like 10 pound thing of shame around me that I felt like I needed to be perfect. But you know, like in reality, when I did stop drinking and I cut that out and I was like, yeah, like kind of feeling good about that. Yeah. I had, I literally had an an eating disorder develop to take place of that shame and unworthiness. And then that was something I struggled with for so long and still like, you know, it, it like bleeps up on the radar. Sometimes if I'm like pushing myself too hard and I have a lot of stress, I have these tendencies. And like, yeah, yeah, it's really the thing. What was it that really did it for you? Was there somebody that, 
when you were in those one of those dark moments that you that you looked up to or was there a book because there's usually that spot you know where we're the rock bottom either a really bad hangover some people get thrown Mm -hmm. in jail some people break a leg some people smash their face on the ground i don't know there's all these different things like but what was there or somebody inspires them or something what was the thing that was that really switched it for you yeah so a specific situation or person or yeah so i would say the defining turning point it was like a weird like you could say like spiritual experience for sure it was after one specific night of partying like we lived in this uh pretty big uh, apartment in chicago and it was like the hub of all our frat friends so every weekend we were hosting the thing and it was like bar club and then like after party with like you know people are doing like drugs and stuff like till like five in the morning and it was like one of those nights and i remember waking up the next day and just like felt an emptiness i've never felt in my life and i just remember laying in bed and like literally a voice that wasn't me saying like you need to go to it was a sunday you need to go to church today and i grew up lutheran but i like kind of resented it a little bit never really felt connected Hmm. i was like i just knew like i I was fortunate in that i had some perspective like my dad was that way but my mom who i also lived with you know especially like after i was 18 when i would go home from college live with her she was like very um she's a role model for me and i and like luckily having her there i realized like that's my north star more or less if i keep doing this i'm gonna become like my dad I'm just going to, I don't know. I literally don't know what the road out of this is, but something needs to change. And apparently it's church today. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that just started like a whole, you know, it was, it was church. Literally I went to, went to this like non-denominational, like kind of millennial church for like six months. I felt like, well, probably longer than six months, but I felt so out of my element. I was like too afraid to speak there. Like I wouldn't, I didn't like talk to or make eye contact with anybody for like probably two months. But like along that time, you know, like you mentioned too, that was the pivot point. But then it was just like stumbling into the right. So like just being curious. And it was like picking up books, like knowing I need new data, new information, new people in my life if things are going to change. And I didn't know what it was going to be, but it was just like committing to change and committing to that exploration. How did you feel when you made that decision and how were your friends and the people around you? Was it a gradual thing? Or were you literally like, I got to cut these people out of my life because they're not serving me anymore? And what was the reaction to that? Yeah, good question. Um, No, it it was not. And and I kind of love talking about, you know, this, it was not like a abrupt stop. So I I continue to live with those, those guys for, it must've been like at least two more months. And then it was like, it was one of those things that it was just like, it's like the 1% everyday thing. It was like, Mm. so committing to going to church on Sundays gave me just enough separate, like it's really hard to say no to your friends. And like, you know, I did not change overnight by any means. There were so many days out and, but it was like that commitment to like at 9am or whatever, I'm going to go to church gave me a a little bit of separation Saturday night to not stay up till five in the morning. Right. Cause I made that commitment Mm. to myself or I, I had a reason to say like, no to my friends to go out and drink. And like, but I would backslide all the time. I would I would go out and get really drunk and then I'd either miss church or or, you know, show up super hungover and then have a really tough day. But it was like slowly over time that those habits started to form and it was like that's like that's why I'm I'm a huge proponent of like journaling and, and just being really intentional with planning. Like I started um committing to every week I'm gonna do something out of my comfort zone. 
because it was that same thing, like just throw new variables and like figure out what's going to replace this. And it was like making commitments to going and doing new things gave me that structure to say no to the things that would otherwise pull me in if I didn't have, you know, intention behind it all. What feedback did you get though? positive or negative from your people around you? Oh, right, right. Like, did you get, Um, because a lot of times whenever anybody wants to pivot, they get feedback from their friends and then they get scared because, you know, you'll get mm, the, because when you're changing, it's forcing other people to see you different. So it makes them change too. Right. They get uncomfortable. They get fucked up because, well, I know you as this person. And if you change, that means that that changes Mm. my whole dynamic. Did you have yeah. any resistance or, or, or did things kind of just, some people don't, man. Like some yeah. people just see your journey and they support you. You know, what was that like as far as your environment? Yeah, that's interesting. So, so in that, in that, you know, arena, I probably had like 20 or 30 like frat friends, but I think the one thing that I guess blessing or curse is I didn't have anyone that I was like so deeply connected to in that circle mm-hmm. that really felt. Like there, there was no like hard resistances. I think me, it was more just me creating separation. And for sure, actually, I mean, like in a playful way, I got a lot of shit all the time. Like we'd be out and I would be like consciously not drinking. Yeah. And it was a time where like people saw me like starting to like blog about personal development and stuff. So I would get shit. But like, I honestly just made a decision to like not give a fuck. I was like, okay, cool. You know what? I, I actually feel like I know it's best for me. So like eventually it got to a point where it's hard it's it is super hard but eventually you do enough work that like you know people's opinions stop mattering good for you because that's the thing and that's my point is in your 20s a lot of people just aren't 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 ready to do that at that age because you usually don't wake up until you're in your 30s when you're kind of like it doesn't fucking matter what anyone thinks like Mm -hmm. in in your 20s a lot of people still really care about what people think Right. And, and, and that's because we get validation from that. That's our feedback. Right. And it's hard to challenge the narrative when, you know, everybody's thinking one way and you want to go do your own thing. So that's why it's really interesting to see a younger generation figuring this shit out earlier because it usually takes a lot longer. Right. Right. You got to learn the hard lesson a lot longer for the most, most cases. Yeah. Yeah, I think in in my like experience, it is it just is like a product of pain. Like if I was like yeah. super smooth with like girls or like you know more had a different things unfolded differently, and I just had like way more confidence growing up, I don't think I would be like at this point. So it's like kind of like you mentioned, it's like ended up being grateful for those like pains when I was a child because it's like that's what gave me the opportunity to become really really intentional with my life. Talk us about. Talk to us about your journey that you've been doing through travel. How has that been? Because you were just recently in India, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. So it Walk has us been through that because that's India or any of the travel that you've had throughout there that's really had a shift in how you look at the world and yeah, how, man. because look, you're a coach now yeah. and the more experience you have, the better, right? Sure. And you know, how has that shaped you? Walk us so through that much, video. man. Yeah, I'll dabble on just like a few things. I'll definitely talk to you about India because I think it's a pretty hilarious like experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say one of the first like big, I've done a good amount of travel. Like I studied abroad and went to Europe for six months. But I would say one of the first impactful trips I had that really helped me question kind of this narrative I had built was I went to Chile 
I think this was like mid 2018 and I went to Patagonia. So it's like really remote Southern tip of Chile, Southern tip of South America. Um, and they have just these like beautiful untouched, like monumental mountain range. And it literally is like a God experience. Like I was just like hiking and I had met a couple people on the trail and I literally had like, you know, like 10 belongings, but like I had this like bliss come over me and it's something I just never felt in my life. And I think that just like cracked me open spiritually a little bit that there's, it's like more, it's more than what we perceive. Mm. Um, what was and, that? Do you think let's, let's, let's tap into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. What was um, that? Now that you know what you know, now that you know what, you know, you're learning, what do you think that was? It was just a pure sense of peace, man. It was like, it was like the, there was the simplicity aspect of like, I have like, you know, there's no worry going on in my mind right now. And, and like, I think just connection in nature. I know presence. you talk about it. Yeah, presence. And, and just like the trifecta of that with, with just connection, like just talking to, you know, some really great people and, you know, being able to just be yourself um, without all the crazy other bullshit going on around you. Mm. It, was, it was incredible. But actually what maybe have even been more powerful on that trip, uh, I spent some time in like the actual city and I got to stay with a mutual friend who... I knew through a guy in college, but I stayed with his family and like, and it, so it was there and in India, but there was the first time I saw it. it was like, there were multiple times where I had to like double take at like groups of people and, and double take in the sense that I was like, what am I, what did I just see? I've never seen that before. And then when I'd look back, it's like pure bliss and joy in their faces. But then you look at the situation there and they're in like squalor, like so, so poor sitting down at like a picnic table eating like it and it's because they're able to just literally sit at a table and enjoy a meal with their family and friends puts mm -hmm. like a smile on their face that like actually made me stop in my tracks to like relook at it right and like that that probably was more, even more shattering than the hiking part of the trip because that really made me question like i've never even seen that kind of happiness like very rarely do i in america see that so it's like what do i not have right about how i see the world and i think this was around a time where i was being like really um really driven by my corporate career and like my parents like you know my mom like climbed the corporate ladder like very successful so that's sort of what i was basing a lot of my decisions off of and just like that's kind of the cultural narrative um yeah. so that was an early sign that that was right when i started like getting into like blogging and personal development like exploring that stuff a little bit deeper so that alone was like an aha moment that there's something wrong with my worldview mm. yeah that happiness doesn't come from having more or achievements and all that there's something deeper than that the presence of like just being grateful for the simple things i noticed that when i was in indonesia as well it's um in bali i think it was, it was on one of the islands maybe gilly gilly some gilly tea or something anyway just seeing the families and just seeing how little they have yet the joy in their faces and it's really it's really amazing and I know that feeling. I, I've felt that a few times in different places. And then you ask yourself, like, why? Like, what is the problem? It, like you said, is having more shit actually the thing that's bringing me the fulfillment? And man, when we can get clear on that and realize that it's actually the simplest things that bring us the bliss. Like you said, being out in nature and feeling that like, wow, I'm present, good conversation, 
it's, it's just brings this magic and it's like your soul just being like, great job. You're doing good. Like this is what yes, you want. Yes. Right. And it's like, that's what we seek. Right. That's, that's the journey. Right. And, and I think that, you know, I've learned this a lot too. It's, it is embracing the journey and it's the presence and the being grateful for where exactly you are mm-hmm. rather than, you know, of course we want to chase the goal. We want to be successful. We want to help a lot of people, but like that getting to that thing, isn't the thing it's, mm-hmm. it's the journey and the fulfillment that the feelings that we remember along the way. Right. And just telling, telling me that like, it's that emotional trigger that you get that makes you remember that moment. Right. You can literally remember how you felt when you're seeing these people or when you're on that mountain, right? That is like, it's priceless. It is. It is. Yeah. And it's interesting too. And and I think you did hit the nail on the head that the most important thing is being grateful for those things we have. And it can be applied in like a daily practice, like journaling or just like sitting some, and that's the one thing I I, I found really interesting is like, I, I did, I always resented religion and I just thought it was kind of bullshit or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I started to realize that praying is essentially just a regular gratitude practice. I know. Which is like scientifically validated. So now I'm like, I, I can get behind prayer. Dude, and, and me, I have, too. Yeah, me too. Me right? too. Right? It's so interesting. It's like, oh, that's what they're doing. That's why it works. Okay, cool. Yeah. You're talking to the man in the sky. You could be if you, you could. that's what you want. Totally. It's because religion was created as it has to be one way. And if it's not like that, you're, you're wrong. Or it's like some sort of weird like negativity towards it. But you're right. As you start to learn, the word God and the word spirituality and all of it just kind of becomes all the same. It's like whatever you choose to, you know, if you, whatever you call it, praying, gratitude, I mean, it's all the same shit. Yeah, yeah. Like it really is. It's just connecting. Yeah. God can be the person you're speaking to or it can be the feeling. It's it's the feeling inside of you, you know, doing that practice. It's like that feeling of love. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is I really, I can really get behind and and respect people. If you're in a religion and that's what you really believe in, that's great. Like, well done. You're committed to that. That's, that's awesome. But, but then, you know, you got to respect that other people have their practice just for anybody to take the time to just stick to something like that, I find is, is awesome. And I, yeah. and I just, and it doesn't have to be one way, but the fact that you're taking the time to be mindful and grateful for what you have and to connect. And, and I've, and it's funny because the spiritual path and reading a lot of these books, it's kind of taken that, that weird word God. And it, it's like, it's made it okay and not, taboo like yeah you know, like that religion oh you're religious oh i don't believe because I, I didn't say i for a long time i didn't believe in god i was like oh it doesn't make sense like god but now i get it mm. like i get it different yeah. you know what i mean and it's because you've gotten enough you've looked at enough different perspectives or your takes on it that you can create a flavor of it that works for you right like you totally. get to create the way you align and resonate with it yeah, and, and I've just seen it in my own life on how things happen, and it just I just can't. There's just too much. There's too much. There's too much. There's too much out there for our minds to even grasp to think that there's not. I'm with you, man. Hundred <laughs> percent. The highs and lows of it all, man. It's uh, it's it's really it's really crazy, and you know I'm. You know, probably what I started kind of getting, I've been tapping in and out of this probably for the last six years, right? Like in and out, but really d- deep in the last two. 
And, you know, it just makes me realize that I have so much more to learn and I'm just scratching the surface, right? Like, and it all comes down to figuring out ourselves Mm -hmm. really hundred percent, man. That's, uh, that's how I feel like for sure. It's like, Ooh, I don't know what I'm getting into, but I know I like it and I know I want more of it. So let's go. (laughs) Yeah. So again, so let's talk us through your coaching and, why that is something that you felt called to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's actually really interesting how it all came up. Uh, By no stretch of the imagination was this like a well-formulated, thought-out plan for me. Um, And it really did happen really synchronistically. So I've been doing like personal development blogging for a long time, uh, Mm -hmm. for probably like two, over two years. And it was more just like that idea of like, I want to reinforce these things I'm learning and I enjoy writing and I had a, have a marketing background. So this is just a cool like, creative project for me. Um, but I really didn't know why, what I was doing. I didn't have a vision. And, you know, um, I left Chicago last October and I've been living in a van traveling around. And um, since then, and when I was in Colorado last November, uh, I was skiing and I just really uh, random chance met this woman who, was super cool. We skied together all day and she was a life coach. Um, went to some like Ivy league school, super intelligent. And she was just like, this was the most synchronistic thing ever. And I didn't even think I believed in that before this, but you know, after our conversation, I just thought what she was doing was super cool. And I, it, it just got my wheels spinning. Like that's how you, you know, actually make a lot, like it's cool to blog, but who's reading that? Like, what do you, what impact is it having? It's like, this is how you make it real, you know, life coaching. And in that same conversation, she told me about Aubrey Marcus. And literally the next day, um, I got two ads on my computer. One was to, uh, for a life coaching certification. And I followed that and got certified. And at the same time, I got an ad for fit for service. And I, without knowing who Bobby Marks is, I pulled the trigger and spent $12,000 on a, a year long program. Cause it just felt really right. And it was like, um, a way to connect with other entrepreneurs. So like that weird combination of like, so I guess fast forward two months at like the beginning of this year. Uh, starting fit for service, you know, having gotten like formally trained as a life coach, but still not really like I have the tools, but it was, I still really hadn't figured out, you know, the how of how, you know, I was going to start actually building this business, but being able to be surrounded by some incredible people like you and like all the other members of fit for service and really developing those like business development skills. Yeah, man. I don't know. I feel like I kind of worked around your question a little bit, but uh, (laughs) uh, trying to circle that back and really hit it home. Yeah. I just, for me, like, I was working this corporate job, didn't feel like it really, I, I knew for sure it did not align with the person I meant to become. And it, it's, that's, it was, it's been that thing of like, there's been like three or four, I've like tried to start like four other businesses and it was like, oh, I kind of like this. Okay, I've, take, I've done it for two months realizing it's not really what I meant to do. And like, I've just like honed and narrowed a little bit. And then, you know, life coaching was like the aha one. Um, and I felt like when I, I had done enough personal work and internal work to realize like, this is the root of my deepest pain, like the deepest work I've done for myself. And that's the gift I have to share with other people. How do you deal with imposter syndrome? Because I know coaches. Yes. Have it, have yes, it. man. Um, that's a good question too. Uh, you know what? Uh, my spiritual practice has like, I wouldn't say blossomed in that it's like a perfected thing, but I spend so much time doing things like yoga, meditating, journaling, like collectively probably three or four hours a day between all those things. And it helps me like get really grounded to myself. Um, And it's not like 
in chunks, but it's like throughout the day, just like re like regrounding my body, you know, taking walks like uh, Charlotte from Fit for Service showed me this really dope, like uh, conscious rapper. So I like, listen to his music about spirituality and just all these things to remind me, like I'm having huge growing pains. Cause like, you know, even, I actually stepped away from Fit for Service, like get become part of this other like coaching accelerator program mm-hmm. and I'm being pushed super hard and I'm having to do a lot. And, and like, yeah, like we're getting challenged to really get out there. And, and it's like, it, it is one thing to just like, I, I feel like I've definitely over time, like developed this trait of like, it's good to fail, right? It's good to just get out there. So like being able to reframe failure in a way that you like seek it. Because mm-hmm. um, it's feedback, failure is feedback. Like Exactly. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think for me with imposter syndrome, it's like literally that essence of like Eastern spirituality of you are not your thoughts. And like doing enough practice to real, to be able to have the presence to like, let that thought come up and then create space to react to it and or to not react to it. Mm-hmm. To just like be like, okay, I can tell I'm feeling like, like great example when I'm like reaching out to potential clients. Um, I, I had realized that I was for, for a while, I had this story in my head that I could only help people who were like, you know, really, 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 really struggling. And like, I, I'm a young coach, so I don't, I'm not valid or valued enough to like coach someone who's already like successful, but could use, support and getting to that next level and through the coach that I've hired and just through my own self-work, like being able to realize those are just stories. And when you're able to, you know, set that high goal for yourself and I'm reading this book right now called like, uh, I think quantum leap. And it's like, what would it look like to have 100% belief in you getting that outcome? And then it, and then your job is to just like take all the swipe away all the thoughts that don't align with that. Cause most people are like, they have an idea, but they come up with all the reasons on why it can't work. And it's how do you, how do you flip that around and just like put full faith in that it will work. And then, you know, surrendering what it's going to look like to get there. Dude, it's, yeah, I really, I really like what you said about the time that you take to kind of the spiritual practices, because at the end of the day, doing that stuff is helping you stay in your truth connect to your soul, which is your truth. And as a coach, essentially, you're just being you and you're helping people discover what they already have within them. You're not giving them anything, right? That's what people think. It's like you're not giving, everybody has what they have within them to get through the shit that they need to get through, right? It's, and to be able to just, the more you can ground yourself, like you're saying, and step into the role of being a coach, once people can see that you're in your truth, then that is good and that is that is enough to be. Mm. And you only need to be one or two steps ahead of the person you're coaching too. This is exactly. from Seth Godin. These are the two things that Seth Godin talks about that I really resonated with. Number one is imposter syndrome is normal because you're trying yes. to be somebody. You have to have some degree of imposter syndrome because you have to get to some, you have to elevate yourself. So you also have to be okay with it. I don't even like that word because it's like, yeah, well, I want to be better. So of course I'm going to have to be somebody else to stretch, put yourself in the position of the person that gets, has a million dollar business coaching business would act like this. So I'm going to have to act like that person already right Mm -hmm. now. And there is a degree of imposter syndrome, but it doesn't exist if you believe in yourself fully. And to believe in yourself fully, you got the you do the grounding stuff, like you said. And 
the reason I can resonate with this is it's so true because when I don't do that stuff as well, I feel off and I feel like I'm not really being me. Mm. And the other thing that he says is that, uh, where was I even going with that? There was two things with Seth Godin that I was, I was going to say. Shit, had a mind block there. I'm trying to help you about it. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, no, it's where I'm getting at is like, at the end of the day, if you're in your truth, if you're aligned with what you're doing, you don't have to be, you, like a lot of times we think we all need to be at Tony Robbins level to coach, including myself, right? But there's always people that are a few steps behind that you can help. And as you go in each person, you gain more confidence and you step into your power. And that's how it works. Yeah, right? But it's a constant evolution of working on the daily steps in order to get to that next level. Right? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's super important. So like for, for programming yourself, let's get, let's get specific on some of the stuff. Like let's say somebody's listening and they're around your age and they're, they're kind of like, they want to start making a change. They want to get out of like, you know, that sort of scene that we were both in. What are some mm. practices that you can recommend? Sure. Yeah. I, um, I think the most valuable thing is just buy a journal, right. And like, yeah. and, and spend, be intentional. And I can give some, some definite, definite examples, but in a general sense, just like carve out time every week to just sit down and give yourself space to reflect. Mm. And that's, that's the feedback loop. And, and I really don't think anything changes long-term for good until, until we, until we have a feedback loop where we can assess, okay, how do I think and feel about all these things that are happening in my life? Uh, but I would say, I would say generally, the first step is getting really clear on what you want. So like taking on a journal and, and just reflecting like that, that one of the exercises I love to do with my clients is like, think five years ahead and, and take away all limitations. What would you love your life to look like if time, money and resources didn't matter? And, and then, you know, think about your relationship, you know, where do you want to live? Well, how do you want to be spending your time? How do you want to feel when you wake up every day? All these things. And it's more of just a creative exercise to like pull you out of what you're in now. And it's interesting when you get to the end of that exercise and you've really pushed the person to like really think big. Nine times out of 10, literally every five years is a long freaking time, right? So it's like, you, like, I think people just get so stuck in their limiting beliefs. That it's like, when you sit down and journal, I'm like, what are your hopes and dreams? It's like, it just puts it into the realm of possibility. Like if you can put it on a piece of paper, it has a potential to exist even in your own mind. And it's like, that gets the wheel spinning. And I think, I think then it's just like, you know, getting more practical. It's just um, getting really clear on what's keeping you stuck. What are like the toxic habits and relationships and what can we, what can we start to do to like move that needle 1%? So it's like, is there a relationship I need to distance from? Do, do I have a support network, support network? Do I have someone I can talk to about my challenges or my dreams? And if the answer is no to any of that, it's like, well, how do we get there? Is, it, is there someone in my circle that I just need to be more intentional to go out and connect with? Um, or do I like going, finding a support group? Um, something like that, but like, and, and I think maybe the third thing too, is just like really practical, like nail those good habits of being able to manage your time. Like if you, if you learn how to manage your time or be intentional with your time, you can essentially make any change in your life. Like if, if you don't need to know what the thing is, but if you can have a practice and it'll come over time, but like, you know, for me, when I was doing this, like 
I committed to like 52 weeks of comfort zone, um, getting out of my comfort zone and like sitting down Sunday nights, you know, for a half hour and thinking about what day am I going to commit to going and doing something? And it's like, it, at the end of the day, the last thing we own is our time. And it's like, if we can be intentional with our time, we can change. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. And it's so easy to get lost in time wasting activities, especially on our phones too. Yeah. It sucks you in. Yeah. It's horrendous. Like I'm even afraid to still look at like, you know, that part of your phone that tells you how many hours you spend on it a day. Dude. Yeah. And the, the dangerous thing is a lot of times, including myself, Oh, I got to work from my phone, but there's a lot of shit that's definitely not work on there. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it really is. It comes down to time management and the people I've talked to that get the most shit done, schedule everything. Mm-hmm. They, and this is something that I'm really struggling with in my life is really keeping organized with all the shit, all the moving pieces and like really like making sure to stick to the schedule because when you work for yourself, it's really easy to go, ah, uh, I can do it later. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but you're, you're just, what you're doing is you're, you're telling, you're, you're telling yourself that what you're saying doesn't matter and it's okay to the integrity, skip, right? Yeah. And it's okay to, to cut corners. And really we're only trying to beat our yesterday's self today. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. And then the game gets even more complex because then it's like, well, where does self-compassion fall into that? Right. yeah where where do i where's it's a gray area of like how like where am i really doing myself a disservice or you know where am i even you know causing myself more pain by not allowing myself to make a mistake once in a while that's a great point and i'm glad you brought that up because there's two sides to that one is like being disciplined and committing to what you say is actually a form of self-love because then you're actually reaffirming to yourself that you matter and what you say matters. Yes. And then it actually opens up more free time for you. So then yes. in the end, it's the freedom. Discipline equals freedom, right? Like Jocko Willing talks about. Yeah. But then we think sometimes, oh, go easy on myself. It doesn't matter. But then that is sending a message to you that it doesn't matter. So then you feel this, this feeling of uh, I don't keep promises with myself mm. and then you kind of feel bad. So you actually think you're being nice to yourself by not Sticky. being disciplined, but then mm. it ends up sitting there and thinking, shit, I should have got that done. Yep. You know, Just murky kind of, in the back of your head. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's two sides to that, which really is really interesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. As you bring that up, it, it makes me think that maybe, you know, well, maybe the focus then is like, just be so intentional. Like, yeah. Like, if you're going to make a commitment, stick to it and see it out, but also know yourself and know your limits. And like when, like, you know, maybe when I'm sitting down to plan my tomorrow, I won't force that workout in because I know it'll just bring me deeper in like the emotional rabbit hole. Like maybe tomorrow I need to plan an off day. So it's like, but if you're going to commit, show up, no excuses, get it done. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe a good way to do that too is, reward yourself for for doing the things that you said too because and then that gives yourself mm. a little bit of grace like you know in between this time if i get these things done then if i can see those check marks done and those things are done then i'm going to reward myself so then you're being you're giving yourself kindness yet you're still doing that 
And even saying that right now is like helping me because I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh shit, do both. Yeah. Right? The commitment leads to the reward. 100%. I don't get the reward. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like Halo Top ice cream all the way. Let's (laughs) go. How good is that stuff? Dude, that is my like Achilles heel. But dude, when the weekend comes around, you know it's going down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about right now. So you're in a van. You're living in a van. Yeah. Yeah. Talk us through present day. Like, all right, with everything you got going on, what's the biggest struggle you're going through? Oh, man. You know, really interesting concept. Um, and talk us about the COVID stuff too. Let's be, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. So um, just some like, you know, just a quick overview of like where I'm at. So I, I've been coaching, you know, for about six months now, like formally. Um, so right now, and I've been traveling around in a van, um, got to California the day before COVID happened. And I was like not paying attention to any of this. So no idea what I was going to do. I, I like shower Planet Fitness. I'll like go to like coffee shops to do work. Um, you know, when I'm working remotely and yeah, thank God. Like we have this mutual friend, Corey, who's my age and we connected into loom through fit for service. Uh, I was like, dude, can I come crash on your couch for a couple of days? I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. I'm, I'm all the way across the country. I'm so far from my home. Uh, and it ended up being perfect. And, and I really realized like the, like the value of being surrounded by the people who align with you and your, and your values and, um, your interests, because, you know, we're both entrepreneurial. He's an extremely driven, has incredible character. And like, yeah, he does. And, um, he does work so hard and it, it like motivates me and I've learned and I I've grown more in the last three months and, you know, in the last year or so, like, just like, uh, it's been incredible, but, um, it, it's good because like we balance each other out. Uh, he, he's so driven and I love to cook. So I'm like making him meals and that's like my rent payment. So it's great. But yeah. Um, not just aside from that, it's, it's been really good. You know, I had to make the tough decision to step away from fit for service for a semester, but like deep down, I knew like my, I, I'm ready to like take this coaching business to the next level. And to do so, like I have the tools to coach and I have the experience, but I don't know business development. I don't know how to build a business. Mm. So I, I pivoted and I hired a coach, um, to teach me those skills. And it's been a beautiful experience. Like, you know, things are really flowing and, and starting to really make an impact on people's lives. So, um, that has been great. But at the same time, I think my biggest thing right now, it's continuing to grow and scale and, and just develop my own coaching practice, you know, my own flavor of coaching. But at the same time, it's like, I think I got exactly what I needed out of van life and I want to keep it and make it a part of me. But also I'm realizing like the idea of stability and like, you know, oh, I know where I'm going to get Wi-Fi today. And like, I can sit down in Corey's place and record my like video series, right? When I started van life, it was to create a blank, blank slate and explore what my life might, you know, what are the, all the potentialities for my life? And in the last six months, I really feel like I have a clear vision, clear purpose. And now I'm like, let's execute, let's make this impact, let's support people um, and create community. Um, So I really do think the next thing on my radar is like, I've actually fallen in love with California and I think I'm going to be, my next thing is like, what am I building and where am I going to build it? Um, Because, because living in the van is no longer like a necessary step for that. I want to keep it and still have the opportunity to get out in nature, but I'm ready to really, you know, take everything to the next level. You probably have a new sense of gratitude as well for all the little things, right? hundred percent, man. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and it's funny because I always like, um, 
would never actually watch those videos that are put on YouTube of like 10 things they don't want you to know about van life. Like unconsciously, I just like didn't want to even know those things. And now it's like, okay, you know, realizing that it's super cool. It's a great experience. And like, Mm. you're put in some like really intense, like mental and emotional situations when you're alone a lot, you don't have all these like busy, like it was literally like I was quarantining before, before quarantine was cool. It's like, you know, secluded all the time. Um, and you face yourself, man, you face yourself. And it's like, I really think that experience is where a lot of clarity came from for like me and what I, what, you know, I'm called to do. Good for you, man. If, uh, everybody wants to find out about you and learn more about you, follow your journey, where can they find you? Yeah, man. Instagram is probably the best place. Um, I've got, you know, all my coaching content there and then there's links to my podcast, um, and to book a free coaching call with me. So that's at forge your path underscore on Instagram. Who is your target audience and what kind of impact do you want to make in the world with them? Mm, Right. So generally, um, I specialize in supporting millennials and entrepreneurs too. Um, so my coaching program is a lifestyle optimization program. So essentially what that means is getting clarity on what you want in your life, but using routine and habit, like we talked about today as a mechanism for getting there. Cause it's so lofty to say, you know, like, you know, create your dream life. How it's like routine and habit. It's those like 90% of the things that we show up and repeat every day are how we get there. And it's like doing it with intentionality and clarity. Um, and in the process, like people who struggle with stress, burnout. It's like, how do we create that, you know, first create that sense of well-being and balance in our life. And then from there, you know, be really intentional on moving forward. What kind of life do we want to create and, and stop letting like fear and doubt hold us back. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Dude. I wanted to ask you that because uh, I wanted to hear your elevator pitch. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's important, right? It's important. Sometimes it's, and, and I think it's great. I think it's one thing to tell people to coach people and tell them, oh yeah, you know, the setting the goals is all that is all that is important, but it's the it's the daily habits. Mm-hmm. It's the little things you do every day that make up the big things. Hundred percent, and it's you like know, it's consistency yeah. over time. And how much confidence does that create? It's like when you stop caring about the things you can't control, and you're like, yeah. as long as I like, I've done the work to know that if I get this done today, yeah, I'm like, I'm taking my step, and like, we're gonna get there. You know, it's confidence. It's it's a deep rooted confidence you get from that. Yeah, man. Out of all the challenges and adversity you've gone through for a takeaway for the audience, what is one lesson that adversity has taught you? The importance of leaning into your fear, like, like one, being able to sit with your fear and acknowledge it and get clear on what the things that aren't playing out the way you want in your life. It's rooted. It's probably rooted in fear. So getting clear on Mm. what are the things that, you know, we're afraid of facing and looking at, and just getting so intimate with them, to be honest, like um, one of the most impactful books I've read is Fearvana. And it really just goes into understanding how, what fear is and how it affects us, like in very simple terms. But, and just making it a practice to constantly push our comfort zone and be like literally in doing so become the person who embraces fear for growth and reframes fear as an opportunity to become the person we want to be. Because if we, if we can't learn to have a, like a positive relationship with fear, I think it's really, really challenging to create the life we want to live. Hmm. Love it, brother. Dude, thank you so much. Come yeah, Lance, man. Thank you for having me on, dude. I totally appreciate it. Love talking to you, man. Man, you're going you're gonna to do big things. I'm excited for you. you know? Thanks, man. I, um, it's, it's great to see and super proud of you, man. Like, just keep it up. Dude. You know, like you, you're going to impact a lot of people and 
you know, I think a lot of people that we've met in this program are up to some amazing shit. And yeah. it's really, I really admire that you were able to pivot and go do something that you felt you needed more. And that's important, right? Like you felt the call to learn more about business. Mm-hmm. Got to do that. You got to go, mm-hmm. right? And that's important. And that self-awareness is going to get people from being from people that aren't successful to successful is knowing, knowing that and listening to that. So well done on that, brother. Thanks, brother. I'll be back. I'll be seeing you soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Make sure you check out Delaney. He's got great stories, great content. Awesome, dude. Super, super inspiring. And if you guys haven't, hit that subscribe button on Apple. Like I said in the beginning, it means a lot. Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, all the episodes, you stay on top of them. And if you've got value from this, share this with a friend, tag us in a story, or leave us a review on Apple. It's always appreciated. Love you guys. Catch you next time. Thank you.